Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. We are back and we are live. It is Fight IQ presented by Rotowire. Here to talk UFC 254 in the main event, Habib Nurmagomedov taking on Justin Gaethje for the UFC lightweight championship with you as always. I'm your host, the Daily Fantasy Sniper, and also with me, as always, the co-host, the analyst, the important guys. It is Chris Olson. You can find him on Twitter at real Chris Olson. And Joe, also better known as Sun Tzu. Guys, how you doing? Ready for two fifty four? Better, and it would be a sin, man. Uh, no, I am a hundred percent ready. I, um, you know, not not so many big fights outside of the main event, but a lot of fun ones. A lot of ones that could go either could go either way could um, be squashes one way or the other. So really have to um, get your mark right on that or go in a couple of, uh, and a bunch of lineups, but this, this could be uh, this could be variance heavy and uh, I'm all for it. So let's get started. I'm looking forward to this card. A couple of spots where there's some big favorites. That I never thought I would have to pick as big favorites and kind of do when we'll get to those fights. Um, we'll talk about those as we get there before we get started. Make sure you go to rotowire.com slash free for a 10-day free trial to all of Rotowire's premium content. No credit card required. They have all, everything covered for daily fantasy, season-long, football, baseball's ending, MMA, obviously, soccer, all that stuff. Have it covered there. So make sure and check it out. Subscribe on YouTube. It is the Rotowire channel on YouTube. And subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Rotowire, 
MMA. Already shit talking in comments. Appreciate it, those of you who are here. Keep the comments flowing. I'll try and reference them as we move along. And that being said, let's jump into these fights. First up, one of these fights I was immediately talking about. Joel Alvarez at 9,000, taking on Alexander Yakovlev at 7,200. God, bleep and bleep, man. Alvarez, though, we have odds value here on Yakovlev. Alvarez is 9,000 minus 165. Yakovlev is plus 155. I think there's probably a more popular line odds value spot on this card. The fight does not go to decision. is minus 170, so you know Vegas looking for a finish here. I'll let you guys take uh, the breakdown. Who are we going to start with? Chris, we'll start with you this week. Yeah, I, I'm not 100% sure who Vegas is looking for a finish from. I, I guess it would be Alvarez. But um, if you look at his finishes, he's got 15 subs, and they're all guard subs. They're all like guillotines and triangle chokes. And um, I, I, I mean, I don't know. Alvarez plus, plus 130 inside the distance. Uh, all right. Um, I... Uh, I don't uh, know if Yakovlev is going to take him down. I mean, maybe he is, although he doesn't do that very often. That's kind of my problem is that Yakovlev doesn't do much of anything very often. He's not uh, a prolific takedown artist or striker. He just sort of, I don't know, wades through his fights. And I guess, um, I mean, he's big for the weight class. Both these guys are. Uh, Alvarez is a little bit more filled out than Yakovlev, who generally looks like a toothpick. Or uh, uh, Q-tip is actually what I meant to say is a better uh, representation of it, but um, but yeah, I actually I actually like Alvarez a fair bit here. I think that he 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 bounces around pretty well for a bigger guy. He's like six four, I think, moves pretty well in there. He's got really hard body kicks, and this is going to be a, a, an opposite stance uh, a fight, so those are going to be ready. I think if Yakovlev does try to take him down, he's going to have to deal with that guard game that I mentioned earlier. Um, Alvarez does hang his chin up uh, in striking exchanges. There's no question about it, but um, I just don't see Yakovlev as, as that like counter puncher who's going to come alive and, and hit the big shot. So um, I think Alvarez is just sort of going to outwork him here. I guess he, one of these guys could find the finish, although I'm not a hundred percent sure how likely that is, but um, I'm taking Alvarez. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I can't back a guy whose main main path to victory is a submission off his back. Um, I'm going to actually go against my own James Tahuna narrative here and look at the fact that Yakalev has fought both Damian Maya and Usman um, in his in his has that in his back pocket. Um, you know, can pretty much take down anybody. And Alvarez has got zero takedown defense. I mean, literally zero takedown defense. It's not a. I'm not. I'm not being uh, grandiose here and. His takedown defense is zero. Um, so give me give me Yakalev here, 7.2K on DraftKings. Um, pretty decent spot for him. I think he's got a fairly solid floor. Don't get me wrong. I'm not in love with his game, as Chris had mentioned. Um, he doesn't do a whole hell of a lot. He's not high output. But if he decides to actually go for takedowns, he could, he could get five takedowns in this fight. There's 25 points. Um, so I think he's got a fairly solid floor. He's a good cash play. Um, I'll take Yakalev. Yeah, the cash plays definitely there just because of the odds value. Um, Alvarez could find a submission. I'm backing Alvarez because Yakovlev has not looked very good, but that's in terms of the straight up. <laughs> TJ says Yakovlev at this point, where the point of his career where he's a better rapper than a fighter. That's not 
That's not a terrible comment. That's <laughs> it's pretty much right on. His jacket left is going up bad. on the board. Look, there it yep. is. Alvarez, you know, younger guy. I'm assuming he makes improvement. So while I'm picking Alvarez, though, I'm going to have plenty of Yakovlev. Uh, next fight up, and then I have to go get a tissue, guys. So I'm going to be muted for a second. Oh, good. But we have to start with Joe talking about Miranda Maverick. Miranda Maverick, 9,300, taking on Liana Jojua at 6,900. Maverick minus 355. Jojua plus 320. Fight does not go to decision. Minus 155. I was telling everybody who would listen but uh, before Jojua's last fight that Belbita would could do something stupid here and she could get a win, and that's exactly what happened. In this case, I don't think Maverick is going to be that stupid. I think this is going to be a beating, but let's go to the MMA whisper. Joe, what do you got? Yeah, so I've been scouting Miranda Maverick, you know, going back to Invicta. Uh, I think she's got she's got great athletic prowess. Um, she's not a perfect fighter. Um, she has made a camp switch. Um, you know, a bigger camp, not one of the name camps, but still a bigger camp. Um, so I like that. It looks like she's she's working to round out and improve her game. She is super strong. Uh, if you combine her pro and amateur record, she's got 11 submission wins. Um, I do not think a fighter whose sole path to victory is an arm bar from guard is going to really cause any problems for Miranda Maverick. Also, Miranda Maverick is a positional grappler. She doesn't always look for the sub. Um, so I, I definitely see her in a really good smash spot here. You know, pretty safe for cash. It is women's MMA. She is 23 years old. She is making her UFC debut on Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. You know, those are all things to consider. She looked pretty good and relaxed um, at weigh-ins. Like I said, she is super strong. Um, you know, that's the only reason why I might not endorse, endorse her as a GPP play um, because she's really priced up high. And, you know, if she doesn't get the finish, is she going to earn her salary? But I do like her in cash. So give me Miranda Maverick. Chris. Ooh, just in time. Um, Actually, before I give my pick, uh, the czar here gave us a good piece of information, which I had forgotten about. It's that uh, Alvarez coming in three pounds over. And I would ask you, Joe, since you um, are going to mention this earlier in reference to a later fight, does him coming in three pounds over give you any influence on Yakovlev getting those takedowns? Um, Not really. I mean, you know, again, I think he probably just at some point said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to stop and I'm not going to try to deplete myself. And um, I think both these guys will be, you know, it's funny because uh, Alvarez is cut, right? Like he is a really ripped type of fighter. That's the kind of physique he has where Yakovlev is really just wiry, right? He's that wiry kind of fighter. So I don't really put too much into it. I mean, if he missed weight by a half a pound, or a quarter of a pound, I would put more stock in it. Um, but I, I think I don't, I'm not really putting too much into the miss. Fair enough. Um, as far as Maverick goes for me, I, I, um, I agree that I think she will win. I think she's um, the more physical uh, grappler here as far as actually going for takedowns and, and she's better um, in top position. She's good at floating around and, and trying to find the back. Um, but um I would <clears throat> I would caution a little bit just because we, when we know two fighters are, are going to be you know um, uh, flopping around on the ground, uh, one of them could catch the other. It, it wouldn't be you know a a huge surprise even if one is the better grappler. So I would say don't completely disregard uh, Jojua in that sense. 
But I agree that I, I think this is a good spot for Maverick. I think that she's the better grappler here. Uh, as I said, the better top player. And, uh, yeah, I think she gets this done. Somebody that's was Maverick, the bigger girl during during weigh-ins I, I, or during face-ups. I'm trying to look yeah, right now I, really quick. I didn't uh, see it. Yourself. I'm trying to look. No, she was a little bigger. Looks like. What I All just right. found. I'm, I mean that that doesn't uh, that doesn't. No, it's really not. It's not. It's not enough. And yeah. Yeah. Yep. Either way, uh, I don't think it's going to be enough here. I think Maverick is just kind of too too skilled here, and Joshua's path is again catching an armbar. All right, let's move on. Uh, Daun Jung, ninety four hundred, taking on Sam Alvey at sixty eight hundred. Uh, Jung is a minus. Ooh, I'm on the wrong card here. Minus 315 favorite comeback on Sam Alvey, plus 285. Fight doesn't go to, to decision. Minus 190. Sam Alvey fights if they get out of the first round or death to DraftKings. So, Chris, how do you how you have have this one? Yeah, um, I don't think this gets out of the first round. I think that Dawn Jung is going to finish him. Um, actually, I, I think the, the best parallel for this is, um, is uh, Little Nog. When he started off this uh, losing streak for Alvey by knocking him out, he – was also the technical boxer there, obviously way past his prime, but still retained his power and a little bit of hand speed. And uh, that was enough when he backed Sam Alvey up. And with Daun Jung, you have a way more athletic fighter uh, who also carries power in his hands. Actually going to have, I think, a three-inch reach advantage here. And Sam Alvey is just, I hate every fight for him at, uh, I hate every fight for him at light heavyweight. I just, these guys are too fast. Uh, Sam Alvey moves around like uh, he, he needs oil in there, and um, he's just going to wait and look for his counter shots, and then when he opens up, I think uh, Jung is going to stun him. He sits behind that jab really well. Um, I just think this is a, a, a terrible matchup for Alvey. I agree that um, he slows the pace down, and so his fights have a danger of, you know, not uh, not scoring real well, and I guess he always has the power to catch someone, although it hasn't happened in uh, in a long time now. But to be fair, it almost happened uh, to Ryan Spahn, but he's about the stiffest fighter I've ever seen. The, uh, he he is like one a fighter who doesn't like fighting, and it shows. And so if you can get him in in uncomfortable positions, you can really. But anyway, I don't think Jung is that guy. I think. Um, I think he's going to knock him out. So I still like Jung, even though the price is is probably too high. But I think he gets it done. But I, you, I mean, fading a little bit off of that price can't be a terrible idea. Joe, what do you have? Give yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm sure Alvin's that Al- fighting for his career, by the way. Yes, that's true. I'm sure that Alvy's wife appreciates that comment that you made about his stiffness. Um, I think he was I, talking about span, but you know, yeah, I think, uh, <laughs> look, I think what you said, Chris, I don't have a whole lot to add. Um, although I would be reticent to play young Jung in cash because if this is like, you know, a, an Alvy fight where he just kind of locks him up and, you know, I, I could see Jung grinding him and not getting a finish and it being a really low scoring fight. So I kind of like it for GPPs in case he does get that knockdown. But I'm not at 9.4K. I don't know if I would like it in cash, but I'm certainly going to pick Jung to win. And then, obviously, you want to take a flyer on Alvy, knowing that he's fighting for his career, likely. Um, take a small flyer on him, 
you know, at his price point and GPPs. Pretty much agree, although I more on the side of this is going to be a grinding type of slow-paced fight, and if Jung gets a finish, it'll be second or third, and then at that price, I have issues. Um, there's other places I think I want to jam in lineups that I don't need a ton of Daun Jung. Um, play both sides in GPP, but it's for the inside the distance line, I'll probably be a little bit underweight to this fight. All right, moving on. Casey, no, sorry. Alex Oliveira, 8,500, taking on... Name I have to get right. Shavkat Rachmanov at 7,700. Um, the line has flipped in this one, so big odds value here on Rachmanov. He's going to be the cash game chalk um, at minus 120. Oliveira, the comeback is plus 110. Fight does not go to decision, minus 125. Really, it's it's can Oliveira stop the takedowns here of, of, of Rachmanov and how done is Oliveira? It looked decent last time out against Peter Sabata, but it's Peter Sabata. Uh, we know Oliveira hits crazy hard, so does the newcomer Rachmanov have enough takedowns and cardio to go with it to get this one done? Who's up first for this? I'm up. Joe. Um, okay, so I'm going to apologize. If anybody followed me over here from, from creating Alpha, I'm going to repeat what I said. On creating alpha, um, do not completely buy into the line value here. Um, watch some of this guy's fights, Rock. Um, he does not have the best fight IQ. Uh, he had a couple of fights in M1. Prior to that, he was a can crusher. Yes, he's got a 12 and 0 record. I get it. Um, Russian, you see M1, you think, oh my God. Um, Oliveira has been fighting much better competition over the course of his career. Yes, he doesn't always have the best fight IQ either, and his gas tank is somewhat suspect, but his performance against Sabata was one of the better performances that he's had in quite some time, and Sabota was this big, sneaky, line value favorite as well um, in his fight against uh, Oliveira, and I will be the first to admit that I bought into it um, and got buried by how poorly Sabata fought. Um, you know, everybody was commenting on his takedown prowess and his black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and uh, Oliveira just pieced him up. Um, yeah, I know he came in overweight, Czar, um, which I actually think is good, um, you know, because he didn't uh, he didn't deplete himself the cut. Um, I like Cowboy Oliveira here. I like him a fair amount. And I really do hope that the line value players um, get taken for a ride with Rock here. Because, if you again, if you watch some of his fights, he's got some suspect fight IQ. He really does. Um, and he takes damage, too, and ha- ends up having to come back. So I think this could be a pretty interesting and fun fight, but I, I'm going to go with Cowboy here. I think he's going to be a sneaky contrarian play because he's not. He is. You are getting line value with Rock. Um, I think he's going to be fairly low owned um, on DraftKings, so I would certainly consider um, playing some Oliveira. And I also kind of like like him as a bet. And I, I want to see if that line gets even wider. I might even have to go and bet him um, if the line gets a little wider. Chris. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if um, Oliveira is going to be uh, underowned. I think people. No, he will be. He will be. Big you think time. so? I, oh, I, dude, I do. All the line value players, all the guys who come in from other sports. Oh no, I know, like, but I think people will, will rightly see would would rightly see this as a fight where you know either guy could get it done. I mean, that's how I'm looking at this anyway. Well, that's how you, you know, are. they're I'm, hardcore MMA guys. Yeah. You know, like you you look at guys that are coming in that just build lineups off a of line value. He's going to be 40% owned, easy, wow. if not right. more, if Fair not enough. more. Uh, I, I guess that means I should load up on some more Oliveira. You but should. Uh, you should. I, 
I, I do think that I'm going uh, rock slightly here. I, I do think this, as I said, is a spot where either guy can win. The reason why I think that um, I'm going rock is because he's got the, the physicality um, and the pressuring style that Sabota didn't have. He's not going to let uh, Oliveira just stay out at range and basically do whatever he wants. Uh, now, that brings its own dangers, of course. It's not that Oliveira can't grapple. We've seen that, but um, oftentimes we see him in bad spots against grapplers, um, against uh, uh, Carlos Condit, against, uh, oh, uh, name I'm forgetting, the, the uh, SBG, uh, Gunnar Nelson against, uh, you know, it, it always seems as though he, even if he starts in the better, best position on the ground, he doesn't maintain it. And uh, I agree with Joe that Rock is is susceptible uh, for taking damage. I think that um, you know I saw him get knocked down in a, in a not too uh, in a fight that happened not too long ago, and he did come back. But um, I just I just think the physicality and pressure are going to lead to those takedowns. I think he's either going to get um, the 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 finish from top, or Oliveira is going to get tired and he's going to finish him that way. But Close fight, fun fight, uh, have both, and I guess have more Oliveira if he's going to be as low-owned as uh, uh, my two co-hosts uh, firmly seem to believe. But uh, my pick is Rockman. Rockman. Yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with Rachmanov as the pick, Rachman. although I the, the line is a little – I'm surprised it flipped so hard. Um, I guess I agree with it because he's a, a slight favorite, and that's kind of how I see it. I, I just I do think the grappling will, will be too much here. He's, I've never been a fan of Peter Sabata. I picked Oliver in that fight when everybody else was on Sabata because I think Sabata is not good. So I think every, everything that everyone was thinking for Sabata Oliveira, I'm thinking I'm going to see this time Rachmanov Oliveira. That being said, you know Oliveira live for this fight, and you know it's not a bold stand I'm going to be taking, but in cash games at that chalk, like I'm probably just going to. I'm probably going to eat, eat eat the chalk and move on and have some Oliveira hedge back is how I'm going to approach this one. Moving on. Really fun fight. Fight I'm definitely looking forward to. And the line is puzzling to me here. Um, Casey Kenny, 8,700, taking on Nathaniel Wood at 7,500. Uh, Casey Kenny, minus 160. Nathaniel Wood, plus 150. Fight goes to decision minus 185, but there should be tons of volume here. I'm going to steal some of Joe's narrative thunder. I, I think it's just recency bias. We've seen Wood be touched up before, and we see Casey Kenny coming off you know, a really good win. Casey Kenny fought two weeks ago from on Fight Island, flew back home, and now is back. That's 40 hours of, of being in a plane in two weeks. That will fuck you up. Like I'm, I'm worried about how hard he, he can press for three rounds. Now he, he's a pro athlete. There's going to be a high pace in this one. I just that's some narrative that I already like. Kind of liked Wood in this one because Wood's got decent takedown defense. I think he's the better striker, uh, technically. Kenny has some grappling upside, and it's really it's it's weird. It comes down to can Kenny keep up the pace and can Nate Wood not get dropped because we've seen Nate Wood get touched up before. So I'm on the Wood side as a really live dog here, but a fun fight to target both sides of. Chris. Yeah, I actually share your puzzlement. Um, even if you wanted to make uh, Wood the underdog, I, I don't understand why he would be quite uh, this heavy. Um, but I, I'm going Wood pretty strongly here because I think uh, that 
his control of distance and his counterpunching are going to really come in handy here, especially when uh, Kenny tries to crash the pocket with boxing. Uh, the body kicks that he's been lighting his opponents up with lately, I don't think they're going to work here. I, well, first, I don't think he's going to want to go kick for kick with someone like Nathaniel Wood, who I think is uh, a, a really sharp uh, Muay Thai striker. So that's one thing. The other thing too is, you know, if if he takes if he takes Wood down, don't forget that Wood three three or four of his victories actually come from subs, and I think uh, I think he got the better of Johnny Eduardo, and when, when Eduardo uh, initially had him uh, in bottom position, so that'll be an interesting thing to uh, look at too. How Wood fares on the ground? Will he look to scramble back to his feet? Will he look to work off his back? But I just think that Wood has more tools here than uh than kenny and, and i think he he uses them uh with with greater ease like i said i, I love the range here I, I love the counter striking i really think that could count that could, that could carry the day and uh i'm going with nathaniel wood here you know joe i was looking at at this one thinking okay maybe maybe it's the public who is you know bet kenny up i wonder where this opened kenny opened at minus 225 that's Jesus, I wish I got the wood on Nathaniel, which means wood opened up at plus 175. Wish I got that line. How do you have this fight? Yeah, so I have a question for you guys. So I'm wondering if Santa Alvey wasn't so stiff, would his wife like wood? Yeah. I really mm. wonder. Um, anyway, I like wood, um, obviously. Um, you know, I like, uh, no, not obviously. But yeah, I, I think this no, is obviously. A, yeah, obviously, maybe, you know, like I'm, a, yeah. Um, so let's go. I, wood has been. Actually, I can't say that with a straight face anymore. Let's look at Nathaniel's uh, DraftKings performances um, in his victories. Um, 90 points against Eduardo. 108 points against Yule. 109 points against Quinones. He lost. He got flash KO'd by Dotson, only scored 28 points. Um, and 101 points. That averages out to 86.9 points. I'm thinking that that's probably the third on the slate behind Habib and Gaethje. I someone could kind of come call me on that, but that's pretty good at 7.5k. And Kenny, I love Kenny. I think he's a great fighter, but he beat the living crap out of a guy that just stood there and took it. Um, you know, like I'd like to think that um, you know Wood has got a bit more skill than that. Um, you know, comes from a good camp in the UK. Trains with you know Brad Pickett. Um, I think he's live at 7.5K. I think he's uh, got a chance to win outright. So I'll take uh, Nathaniel Wood. All right. Moving on. Next fight up. Stefan Struve, 8,300, taking on Tai Tuivasa at 7,900. The line in this fight, Tuivasa is now the favorite, minus 120. Come back on Struve, plus 110. Fight doesn't go to decision, minus 250. Tai Tuivasa is an aggressive striker. Stefan Struve is a tall toothpick. He'll have the advantage on the ground because Ty Tuivasa can't stop a takedown. It's Adrilius Tuivasa's pressure going to land in a knockout or is he going to end up on the ground and is Struve going to beat the shit out of him or submit him? Adrilius, the only way this fight goes, unless someone got something, a crazy different opinion, I lean towards Tuivasa, but it's not a strong lean. Uh, Joe, how do you have it? Yeah, um, we got a fighter who is who essentially retired in Struve. And we got a fighter who is coming off of a string of losses in, in Tuivasa. Um, there is some narrative around Tuivasa. Um, I like that he did this camp at AKA. Um, you know, was one camp enough? 
maybe. Um, it's certainly, um, you know, a good cam switch for, for Tuivasa. Um, you have to think that he's fighting for his career um, to avoid a pink slip here. I mean, you know, a, a lot of other guys might have been cut already, but he's, he brings a certain joie de vie to the UFC, and they kind of like him, so they're giving him another fight. Um, however, um, Struve has got a really clear path to victory here. Just drop drop to, to Avasa to the mat. Um, you know, Struve is a, is a long fighter that's never learned how to fight long. Um, and that's, that's been why he hasn't been successful in the UFC. I mean, he, he has a reach and height advantage over everybody and he just doesn't know how to use them. Um, and I don't, I don't know why he never learned. I don't know why he didn't go to a camp to teach him those skills. This is a pure GPP fight. I mean, uh, again, apologies to those who followed me over from alpha, but my take on this fight is that you duplicate your Struve, your Struve lineups with your Tuivasa lineups play him in GPPs and just forget about it. Like, don't, don't even worry about who's going to win. I think Tuavasa is going to be higher owned because you're getting some line value in Tuavasa. I guess I'm going to lean towards Struve just because I think Struve can actually take him down. But I really do think that this is a fight that you should probably be split pretty evenly down the middle. So Chris, I'll take Struve with a lean. Sounds good. Oh, am I up? All right. You're up. You're up. All right, here we go. Um, I agree that you should basically duplicate. Uh, this is a tough fight to call. I'm leaning Struve as well because I just said, Joe, he didn't know how to fight long or he has, but he's actually looked better recently. Um, that loss against uh, Ben Rothwell was not a loss. You can't lose by getting kicked in the junk. It just doesn't work that way. Uh, ben Rothwell should have been disqualified. Struve was winning that entire fight until that happened. That's, that was a, a severe uh, miscarriage of uh, fight justice. But otherwise, I'll say that, look, Struve, we've actually seen him try to toy around with a jab. I mean, he showed it in the, the fight against um, Marcin Tabora, even though he lost because Tabora wrestled him. Uh, he showed a lot of good kicks, uh, hiding the high kicks uh, behind the low kicks in the fight against uh, Rothwell there. I really think he actually might be getting better. Maybe it's because he's getting more comfortable. I don't know. We know that he's a guy who struggles with uh, anxiety in there. Maybe the retirement took a little load off. I'm not even supposed to be here. Obviously, that's that's major speculation on my part. But but either either way, I, I think he actually looks a little more comfortable as a striker. And and um, look, I mean, we can say this to to varying degrees on anybody's true fights, but uh, here it's going to be pretty severe. Where he where two of us is going to need to negotiate. I think nine inches of height and reach. And I, and I just don't know that he does it. I, I know that his what he's going to try to do is just crash forward and land shots. But, I mean, if he crashes forward and ends up in a tie clinch, that's not good for him either. I just think that the window is pretty narrow here. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think that Struve um, really has, has, a, has a lot of ways to win this fight. I mean, we don't see him use takedowns very often, but he has before. Uh, he did against um, Daniel Milanchik, which I, I believe – I wanted to say it's his last submission victory, but was Marcos Rogerio de Lima a sub or did he elbow him to death? He might have elbowed him to death. I don't remember. But uh, either way. Um, but, yeah, I think that it's always going to be touch and go with a fighter like Struve. But, again, some of that might just be perception. I mean, I really think he has looked better. 
Um, I still think that this is a, a fight where you have to take both, but uh, I'm taking Struve. And we'll see if the AKA training camp has helped Tuivasa with a takedown defense at all. We're going to find out. That's interesting. Uh, apparently, Struve said of uh, Tuivasa, I'm thinking, I mean, you can't always uh, agree or believe what the fighters say in the fighter meeting. Sometimes that's they, what he should do. But how many yeah. times have we seen a fighter not do what, what they should do? Right. Or Maddening. what they say they're going to do. So we'll see. I mean, that is his best best path. Strong GPP fight. I think you can play both sides. Magomed Ankalaev, 8,900, taking an Ion Kutalab at 7,300. The rematch, the sixth time this has been booked. I, I, I thought I was doing hyperbole, but it really could be the sixth time this has been booked. Uh, line in this fight, Ankalaev minus 305, Kutalaba plus 275. Fight doesn't go to decision, minus 275. My take on this one, I picked Kutalaba the first time around, by the way. And my take on it is that that was his best chance to beat him. That strategy he, he used, not going to work this time. I was actually surprised at how clean, it, like how technical Ankaliyev's striking was. I didn't think he had that. And I think he'll either do that again, or at some point, I think he's going to get get Kutalaba down and just beat the stuffing out of him. Whether he uses, I don't think he's going to mess around on the feet. It's either going to be Kutalaba crashing forward, okay, quick double, or if Kutalaba changes strategies, he's going to be kind of, at range and you know and Ankalaev can line up his double. That's not the way Kutalaba fights. My point is however this fight goes, I see Ankalaev getting on top and doing a lot of damage here. Uh so I'm on Ankalaev. Chris, who do you have? Yeah, I'm on Ankalaev. And and quite frankly, I don't know how you could go any other way. I mean unless you just want to take the Hail Mary from uh, uh Kutalaba. I, I mean I, I really like Ankalaev. I mean I, I think he's always been a really tactical striker. His his striking defense is, is crazy. It's something like 60%. Um, he just he just doesn't have a lot of holes in his game. And uh, aside from, you know, we always have to bring up the, the, the one-second uh, tap. Uh, uh, we, he could be staring at a perfect uh, UFC record there. We, he can do a number of things. Like you think he's just, he just a skilled boxer. And then he, he front kicks uh, Tacha Longbulia, uh to death. So... I mean, I, I really think he's got a lot in his arsenal. Uh, the takedown threat, which of course is there. He just got he just got too many ways to beat Kutalaba here. And Kutalaba is a big puncher. Uh, he's got the, the Greco-Roman wrestling himself, but his takedown defense is super solid. I don't see Kutalaba getting him down. So yeah, the 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 the, um, the prototypical puncher's chance for Kutalaba. But as far as the pick goes, I don't see how he can go anywhere but ankle eye here. Joe. Yeah, look, I like Kutalaba. I mean, you know, he's a guy that, you know, has fought from Medolvian vodka in his own country. I mean, he's a tough guy. Um, you know, give him some credit. Um, he's entertaining. Um, I just think he's outgunned here in pretty much everywhere, you know, standing on the ground. Um, by the way, this is the lowest price on DraftKings that we've ever seen Uncle at. Um, so I like him a fair amount. Um, give me Uncle Liev, give me him by finish. Uh, Uncle Liev is a pretty solid play in cash, solid in, in GPPs. Kudalab has got a puncher's chance, of course. So, you know, you, if you're playing mass entry and a lot of lineups, you should, you know, probably throw him in a few in case he lands that Hail Mary, uh, type of punch. But I don't, I don't see him as having like the submission skills to catch, um, you know, Uncle Lev in, in a, uh, another mistake. 
Um, so his, his only path to victory, as I see it, is by knockout. So if you want to throw a few percentage points on him for that, fine. But give me Uncle Liev. All right, moving on. Next fight up. Lauren Murphy, 8,800, taking on, excuse me, Lilia Shakarova at 7,400. Murphy minus 195, Shakarova plus 180. Fight goes to decision minus 360. I'm glad we're on Joe again because, Joe, I, I just I can't pay 8,800 for Lauren Murphy. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm going to play Shakarova in GPPs um, because I think anybody's live against Lauren Murphy. Okay, so I can pay that. Now, it's not without some risk. So you've got to kind of follow my train of thought here. Lauren Murphy has only done 10x once in her career on her salary. This is uh, pretty much the highest price we've ever seen her at um, on DraftKings. Although for some reason, you know, if you go into the DraftKings lineup maker, you're not seeing her salary. They're all zeroed out. Maybe that's because she's never, she's only gotten 10x one time. Uh, lately, I think she's looked decent. Um, she's taken down Mata Ferry and Andrea Lee, who both are pretty good wrestlers. Um, you know, she was going to fight Cynthia Calvillo, who is, is a real, is a real good ground fighter. Um, I think this could be a smash spot for her. Um, she's going to be very low owned. Um, people are going to look at her 57.6 point DraftKings average per fight and say, uh-uh, um, I don't like her at that price point. Um, you know, I like, I like, you know, maybe Volkov underneath her. Um, I like, obviously like Ankaliyev above her. Um, so she's going to be pretty low owned. Um, but I really do think that this could be a smash spot for her. So, um, I'm going to pick Lauren Murphy. I don't have a lot of love for her opponent. Um, I'll probably have like the same ownership percentage I put on Kudalaba on her opponent, but I do think that this could be a pretty good spot for lucky Lauren Murphy. And she looked pretty good. Um, at weigh-ins, you know, she has been more ripped recently is taking her training seriously. She saw this fight with Calvillo as a sort of um, maybe title eliminator type of fight. Um, so I really like her. I think she's going to put on a good performance, but you know, I do understand the risk. I do understand that, you know, you are banking on a fighter that has, you know, only done 10 X once in her career and is priced pretty up high up. But I think those are all reasons why she could make an interesting contrarian play. So I'll take lucky Lauren Murphy. Chris, you with Joe on Murphy or me on just betting against Murphy for the price? And worst case, seventy four hundred is going to kill my day anyway. Well, I'm. I don't think I'm with either of you because I'm actually picking Shakarova to win uh, the fight. Oh boy! Not just as a desperation. I think. Uh, look, from what I've seen on tape, I think I think she's a pretty decent pressure boxer. I mean, she doesn't do a whole lot. She's not very high volume, but she's got a good jab. She works the body. Um, and I, I think she's uh, probably a little more athletic than somebody like Laura Murphy. I think her, her hand speed is going to be a little better. Uh, if she if she does try to wrestle again, that's something else. Um, that could be a problem. But um, that's when game plan, that, that's when you pick a fight and the fight starts and they start doing something way different and you go, oh Jesus, I lost my money. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've made a bet and I've I posted on Twitter. I'm like, well, I lost this bet. Like we're 45 okay. seconds in, it's like he's shooting for takedowns. I don't know what you want. My favorite is always when um, the fight's going bad and somebody posts that they lost the bet before the fight ends. That's always my favorite. That's it happens. You you but, know sometimes you know. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I I think I, look, it's not like we haven't seen Shaq Rove on the ground. She looks pretty good there. I don't know what her 
I don't know exactly what her bottom game looks like. I have to admit. So, um, so we we would see something there that um, is kind of the great unknown if that happens. But but yeah, I, 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 maybe it's just my my um, profound underwhelming uh, feeling about uh, Lauren Murphy. But I don't know. I, I see like this this pressure boxer with fast hands, and I think okay. I mean, she could maybe do this and. Um, to your point, Sean, I don't think Murphy hits the salary anyway. So there is a little bit of that, you know, why not maybe to um, ease ease into the pick. But I, I also like Shaq Rova a little bit. I, I think people are, are not um, not giving uh, too much mind to her skills. And I think um, she's really build, building a, a pretty decent boxing game. So I'm going to I'm going to go for the uh, upset and see where that takes me. All right, move it on. Two newcomers now. Philip Hall has 9,100, taking on Jacob Malkoon at 7,100. Hall's a big favorite, minus 240. Come back on Malkoon, plus 200. Fight doesn't go to decision, minus 225. So his target is in GPPs. My quick breakdown is I like Hawes, but this is a pretty low-level fight where just if anything happens, it's not going to surprise me. We've seen Hawes fold before. He should be able to take that Malkoon and beat the tar out of him, but if he gets caught coming in, like... I'm going to have some some Alcoon. And I, early in the week, I wasn't. I was all about Hawes. And now I'm thinking I, I got to stick to my normal philosophy of low-level fights. Crazy shit happens. So I'm picking Hawes, but I'm playing some Alcoon as well. Chris? Yeah. Um, yeah, we talked about this fight a little bit uh, before we came on uh, the air. And I think we all basically came to the same conclusion, which is that we like Hawes, but we think Malcoon is – Kind of live. Personally, I like Malcoon's boxing. I think that it's pretty nice. Uh, he's got a good right hand, a good straight right. Um, he can wrestle a little bit too, although I doubt he'll try to do that here. But if he did, you know, we we saw Haas get tired against Julian Marquez. So, man, he, he's a big, strong guy. Maybe tiring him out is the move. But um, ultimately, I just think the physicality uh, in Haas is going to be too much here. I think um, at a certain point he takes him down. Beats him up and either finds a sub, rinse or repeat. I don't think he's going to have to uh, rinse or repeat takedowns, to, but, which I mean uh, round in round. I don't think he's going to have to get one more than one or two per round because I think the physicality is going to be such that uh, that he's going to be able to hold him down. But if if uh, Malcolm can make this scrambly and, and make cause work, then, yeah, he can certainly gas him out. Or um, if he wants to try to offensively wrestle and surprise him, that can be a thing too. Um, causes power on the feet, but as far as, it te- as, far as techni- technical skills go, I'd probably give it to Haas. So, yeah, I, th- I think Haas is plenty uh, – or rather, I think uh, Malkoon is plenty live here. I just can't bring myself to pick it, but um, I will have both sides of this fight. But uh, just to put a bow on it, the pick is Haas. Joe. Yeah, I mean, pretty much every big spot that Hawes has performed in outside of his last win on the Contender Series, he's 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 failed at. I mean, super athletic, uh, you know, elite wrestler, you know, has claimed to have taken um, rounds from John Jones. Um, you know, interesting fighter um, against this four and zero guy who fought on the Australian regional scenes, who is. Uh, Robert Whitaker's sparring partner. So if he was ever going to win a fight, this is the fight for him to win. Um, so I guess I'll take Hawes, but I do have reservations about it, you know, based on how every big spot he's he's sort of failed in. Um, 
So give me hard. All right, moving out, moving on. We have Alexander Volkov, 8,600, taking on the big ticket, Walteris, at 7,600. Uh, line on this fight, Volkov minus 170, Harris plus 160. Fight doesn't go to decision, minus 175. I think that's all that is pretty much dead on. I think it's Harris early. The fight gets past the first few minutes. I think Volkov takes over, and it's a matter of whether or not he gets a finish. Um, I prefer Volkov. I don't think he'll get the quick finish. Um, Harris, that is, but he's live to it. Uh, that's the, that's the, my quick breakdown on that one. A decent fight on, in GPP to target both sides of. Um, but again, I have the Russian. Joe? Yeah, I guess I'll take Volkov as well. I mean, you know, there's been some narrative around, you know, you know, Volkov came in 10 pounds heavier than his last fight, and uh, Harris came in 10 pounds lighter. Um, I'm not sure what that means. Um, you know, Harris has typically been a one-round or bust type of fighter, you know, he's definitely got a puncher's chance, um, maybe even more so than Kudalaba here. Um, but I think Volkov is smart enough to, you know, maybe, maybe put a takedown on him or two and get out of the first round and then just wear him out like, like Reem did. So give me Volkov here, but I do think Harris should probably be in a few lineups, GPP. Chris. Yeah, I, I think, I think, uh, Volkov is is just too experienced and good as a striker. I think that um, he can walk he can walk Harris onto things, and Harris is just so 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 low output, and he's just gonna give Volkov the space to do what he wants to do. Um, obviously, everybody flashes back to the big right hand that Derek Lewis landed on him. Uh, that was in a, in a, in at the end of a fight where um, Volkov was very tired. I don't think that's likely to happen here, although. It always could. I think. I think generally he has better defense in that, where he just sort of gave a half-hearted knee shield and and nothing happened, and uh, and the punches got through. But I just think that yeah, um, generally Volkov's defense is pretty good. Uh, he's an educated striker. He's gonna have that same head kick that Reem landed that uh, rocked Walt Harris before the end of the fight, and. Um, as Joe said, live to a knockout, but uh, too low output and too easily outworked and um, KO or bust. And I think the KO is pretty unlikely here. So I'm going Volkov and I think he can find the finish here. All right, moving on. Co-main event time. Jared Cannonier, the favorite over the former middleweight champion of the world, Robert Bobby Knuckles Whitaker at 8,000. Cannoneer, the line right now is minus 110 for Cannoneer. The comeback on Whitaker plus 100. You could go pick them in some other books. Kind of depends on your book. Um, fight does not go to decision. Minus 140. It's really Cannoneer power versus Whitaker. I think we all understand it's probably better technically. Um, and all the damage Whitaker has taken out, taken over the years. Um my interesting take for this one, I'll sum it up real quick, is I think Whitaker is my pick to win, but Cannoneer makes for the better DK play all around. Um, Chris, what do you got? Well, um, Cannoneer is my pick to win, and uh, the reason is because I actually think Robert Whitaker has has regret, regressed significantly um, since that second uh, that second Yo Romero fight. I, I went back and looked to make sure I wasn't crazy, but... Robert Whitaker did not do this thing where he just dives in from long range, 
with huge hooks that fall two inches short. He never used to do that before. If you go back to the second Yoel Romero fight, he was he works behind the jab a lot. He he looks for those head kicks, and there are there are a couple of, there are a couple of head kicks attempt in the Darren Till fight. Now you could say that those two guys, uh, Darren Till and Israel Adesanya, have sort of weird frames, and maybe he was looking for a way in, and and that could be. But I just think that his technique is breaking down, and if he's gonna if he's gonna just jump, leap into range with hooks like that. Cannonier is way too good of a counter striker, way too good of a boxer in general. We saw him hit the big counter against David Branch uh, to end that fight. And and uh, Cannonier is just not a guy you can mess around with on the feet. For the amount of time that that uh, that the Glover Teixeira fight was standing, uh, Cannonier was getting off on him, even though that fight didn't last too long on the feet because uh, Teixeira knew that. But um, Cannonier's dangerous, man. His hands are dangerous. And I think that uh, if Whitaker has lost a step, as I think that he has, I think this could get dangerous for him too. I, I mean, I, I still love uh, Whitaker's agility and power in there and the way he can bounce around and set up strikes. But I just – the way I, the, what I've seen from him lately, I, I just can't trust it against a guy who's as uh, technical and accurate and powerful as Cannonier. So I'm going Cannonier. Joe. Yeah, Chris, I see your points. I mean, I've been really waffling on this fight all week. When I saw Whitaker at 8K, I'm like, oh my God, I got to go all in on Whitaker. I mean, when do we see Whitaker at 8K? Um, and I've been kind of coming around a bit on Cannoneer, and then I went back to Whitaker. Bottom line is I'm going to pick Whitaker. I think Whitaker is the better, you know, all-rounded fighter. Um, I think he he would be smart to use his wrestling here. Um, we've seen that uh, Cannoneer can be dominated by wrestlers. So I'd like to see Whitaker, who was, you know, again, was an all-Commonwealth wrestler and kind of held his own against Yoel Romero. Um, you know, the damage narrative is there. I get it. But he has taken some time off. He hasn't really been an uber-active fighter here either. Um, you know, yeah, look, I, I know all the, all Cannoneer's the new buzz fighter at 185, but... I still think Whitaker has got a few more fights in him. He's not that old. Um, you know, he looked pretty good at weigh-ins. He looked serious. Um, you know, he said that he had a really good camp. Um, I'm going to take Whitaker here. All right, moving on. It's main event time, guys. Khabib Nurmagomedov, 9,200, taking on Justin Gaethje at 7,000. Nurmagomedov minus 280. Gaethje plus 255. Fight doesn't go to decision, minus 240. Look, I'm on Habib. Is Gaethje live? Yes. If he can stop a takedown, but like Habib says, maybe he stops the first, second. But I, I just don't see a way he gets Gaethje gets enough space to implement his plan over five rounds or to land a knockout here. I mean, maybe he could flash flash KO Habib, but I just don't see it. I, I have Habib here. Stack it up in cash games. I do think you'll get um, some value out of both sides. Um and I'm pretty much all in in this fight. There's going to be volume, takedown attempts. Um, love this fight. Can't wait for it. Give me Habib. Joe, who you got? Interestingly enough, Sean, I don't think this is a good stack in cash because of the floor of, like, let's say Gaethje. Let's assume you're you're you know you're on Habib and you think Gaethje. I, I think this is a good stack. This could be a stack in cash in case Gaethje actually wins. Honestly, I don't think his floor is going to be that high if he's wrestle effed by uh, by Khabib by Habib here. So 
I look at the stack, and again, I haven't decided whether I'm stacking. I'm leaning towards not stacking simply because I don't think, you know, Gaethje has that solid a floor, uh, and I really am kind of high on Habib to win. Um, but like stacking because stacking is a hedge in cash, you know, in case you do get that win by Gaethje. I think obviously Khabib's got a much higher floor and a loss. Yeah, kind of how I didn't stack um, Aldana home and home one and burnt my tits off that day. That was so yeah, bad. Right. Yeah, that could happen. You're right. So again, I like Khabib. I, I was a little concerned about weigh-ins. He did not look all that good. Um, he had to weigh in at 155. You don't get that one pound. Um, needed, needed the towel, needed help. He, you know, he's, his, he's, you know, throughout his career has had issues, um, making weight. So I don't know that I'm going to read anything more into that other than the fact that he has historically had bad weight cuts. He's had fights canceled because he couldn't make weight. Uh, so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, you know, if you want to do a little MMA math, which we, none of us like to do, um, you know, Poirier beat. Gaethje, uh, Habib just dominated Poirier. Um, you know, look, I, I think Gaethje looked incredible against Tony Ferguson in a fight that was striking, a striking-based fight. You know, now you're adding in the element of wrestling. Um, I like Habib here a fair amount. I certainly would not dissuade anyone from, you know, playing Gaethje or, pu or putting Gaethje in lineups and GPPs. Um, I don't know how solid his floor is um, in cash. Um, I certainly wouldn't go naked Gaethje in cash. I think there are better plays, um, but I'll take uh, I'll take Habib here. Chris? Yeah, uh, there's like a big lingering question of this fight, and it's how is Gaethje going to react to somebody who persistently tries to wrestle him? Throughout his career, we've seen like one takedown attempt and then – he rolls through it and gets back to his feet, and then they go back to striking. We've never seen somebody with a uh, coordinated uh, takedown attempts and really try to work the game over and over and over again. So that'll be something to watch. I, I don't know the answer to that. But what I would say is we know that Khabib struggles uh, with takedowns in space. Connor was was uh, defending them like nothing in that second round. Um, it's just it's happened this whole career. He needs to get you back to the fence. To work his game, and I just don't know if he can do it against a fighter that's all pressure like Justin Gaethje. I don't know if he can win that pressure game. It would be, it would be impressive to me if he could. And uh, Khabib is an impressive fighter, so definitely could happen. But I just, I just see this fight playing out way too much on the feet to give Habib a win here. Yes, I am picking Justin Gaethje. I think that uh, the takedowns are going to be craziness. I think that uh, – look, well, look, if – this is one of those fights, again, we'll know if I'm wrong in the first 20, 30 seconds because if uh, – well, maybe not. I mean, maybe the persistency will be the ones to get it. What I mean to say is that if if um, Khabib shoots for a takedown and is able to immediately attach himself to Gaethje in a way that others couldn't, then, yeah, I'm probably, uh, you know, out on an island somewhere myself. But I don't, I don't think that happens here. I think the first-round takedowns are actually going to be the hardest for Habib because that's when Gaethje is going to be at his most explosive and able to roll, roll through those takedowns. And, again, I just think that the pressure game of Habib is going to be too much, and, and uh, Habib is not going to be able to get the pressure as he did against uh, uh, 
Edson Barbosa where he was literally trying to run at him. I just don't think I just don't think you corner uh, Gaethje like that. I think his footwork is too good. So I am going to say this is going to be a stand-up battle, and I can't give that kind of fight to Habib. So I am absolutely forced with a heavy heart yeah, uh, to pick. You enjoy it. To pick, I, I love being the contrarian. It's true. But uh, I am picking Justin Gaethje here. And um, I guess if I'm picking Gaethje to win a fight, I have to pick it by knockout, huh? So that's how it's going. like it. Um, you know, we have a couple of seconds. I want to reference the weight issue, the, the scale issue today. Habib never made off oh. weight in at 155. If you want to talk about people missing weight and what that does to to, to whoever, Habib Nurmagomedov, in my eyes, missed weight, and he owes Justin Gaethje twenty percent of his purse, which is no like in like yeah. the prelims. That's all right. I mean, it's it really sucks for those guys because they're hamstrung on a budget, but it's it's you know two grand, possibly four grand. In this case, that is like I don't even know what Habib's making guaranteed. He's he's making a lot. He's making he's making close to a million dollars. Yeah, a, a ton. So it's, it's you know, it's no, there's no small feat there. It's yeah, it's that's pretty good. And he kind of got screwed out of it. And he still would have been, it still would have been a title shot for him should Habib not have made weight. In my mind, Habib missed weight, was so relieved. It's now, all that aside, is that going to stop? You know, if he had a hard cut, is he going to gas out early? You've never seen Habib gas. It's just something, another thing to throw out there. Could the weight cut make him slow down? I don't think so. I still am on Habib, um, and just I want to put it out there. He missed weight. In my eyes, he missed weight, period. End of story. Uh, Sean, his last disclosed pay uh, was against McGregor, where he got he had a two million dollar base. Woo, against McGregor. Now I, I don't know if he I don't know if that was because it was McGregor, but could be because um, of McGregor. But you know, I mean, I think it's right up there. I mean, you know. Uh, you know, at Poirier, he he obviously got that a be, performance of the night, which he didn't need. Thousand dollars out of Gucci's pocket, four hundred grand. So when, when they when they when they do the twenty percent, is that all in or is it just the base pay? No, it's it, it's twenty percent of your show money. Okay, all right. Because I was saying, I was and and, say, and if you miss weight, you're not eligible for a performance bonus, which again is not going to mean anything to a guy like like Habib. <laughs> Um, and you know, the, un- the thing is though, it's interesting because I don't know in all jurisdictions, if the opponent actually gets all of that money, I think in some cases, some of it goes to like the commission. I mean, the yeah, rules are kind of gray. I don't know if he actually gets wow. all of it. Um, yeah. maybe he does. All right. That's it for the fight breakdown. Let's do hot takes guys in, in, um, in chat. Give me, uh, some hot takes. Pump them in there. Nothing too crazy. I'll read. I mean, yeah, whatever. Go. I have one queued up. No, no, don't, don't stifle our audience. Come I want to stifle them because I'm going to see some crazy, crazy stuff. Like, yeah. By Tuivasa oh. wins by Peruvian right. necktie. Yeah. Like, that was going to be right, mine. Joe. Yeah. All right, Joe, start us off. Okay. So I got a, I got a 15 to 1 parlay. And yeah. I, I should warn everybody that I have been ice, ice cold betting. I've, I've come up like a fighter short. When I get Seems to Jersey, like, I'm going to tail this one. I don't, yeah, I don't so, care what it is. I'm going to tail it. Okay, so you should tail this because it's a 15 to 1 payout. And it does kind of make sense when you think about it. Okay, so it's Ankalev wins by any finish. Okay, it's Jung wins by any finish. It's Habib wins by any finish. Oh, my goodness. It's Dawes wins by any finish. 
and Volkov Harris does not go the distance. Yeah, that I don't know. About that. And, and that pays fifteen to one. Why? Which which of those bets don't you like? I well, the the one that's that that was, was Hawes by finish. I don't. I don't. I know think if Hawes wins, he's going to win by finish. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Robert, so, Whitaker, Robert Whitaker, training partner, is going to be tough. Going to be a tough. Uh, I think he win if he wins. He wins by finish. So that that is my that is a fifteen to one payout right there. I like it. I think it's got a legitimate shot to win. I mean, look, you could swap out if you don't like Habib. You could swap out Habib for Maverick. Maverick is minus one fifteen. Sure. Uh, Habib yeah. is minus one twenty one. You could put in Maverick, who I also think has a good chance to win by finish. But it's women's MMA and it's her debut, so. All right, well, I just I just um, uh, poo pooed it, so that means it's going to come in, so everybody should bet. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of some some connection issues here, so um, uh, we can still hear you. I'll just uh, or can we? No, we can't now. Uh, okay, he dropped. Um, and I just back. I just reconnected. Hopefully that worked. Yeah, you're no, good. Jesus, you're good. You're good. You're right, good. Before, before I duck out again, I, I was a little dicey on Hawes too, but I get if he wins, it's probably probably via finish. And you, you hit on my hot take. Miranda Maverick is going to score the most points on this card. Wow, I love it. Right. I love it. Yeah, that's, that's good. That is, that is my hot take. I love it. And I suppose, I mean, I want, I want to say Shakarova by finish, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> no, I, I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say uh, Gaethje, Gaethje by the finish there. All right, like let's hot let's get take. some hot takes in here. I like TJ's no Habib in the winning GPP. Uh, Ryan's on your side. Gaethje KO Struve sub. Gaethje by decision plus twelve hundred from the Voga man. Yeah, that, ooh, that's good. That's a good one. That's interesting. All right, guys, that's it for the breakdown. That's it for the hot takes. Thank you to Rotowire. Who oh, what, last one? Habib will win by TKO. <laughs> Inshallah. Inshallah. <laughs> Inshallah. That, that's it for the podcast, guys. Make sure to go to rotowire.com slash free for a 10-day free trial to to their website. Premium content, no credit card required. Subscribe to the podcast, Rotowire on YouTube, Rotowire MMA on iTunes. That's it for this episode. Good luck in your contest. We will see you next month for the next pay-per-view. Thanks, guys.